oh my goodness, sound is not behaving correctly. And let's make sure we go live to YouTube. Hey, it's Dr. Ariel Policano with the Frequency of 528 podcast. We live stream on YouTube every Thursday at four o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern, and you can join us on our Zoom. You can find out the Zoom uh, link at uh, geniusbiofeedback.com and go to our events page. And every week we interview people in the quantum biofeedback, energy, holistic health world. And we also will work with um, different concepts of energy medicine and frequency and breakthroughs in quantum physics and quantum biology and things like that. So I do think that whenever you join into the podcast, you will learn something new. You will learn something intriguing. And we really appreciate the opportunity to be able to present this to you. Okay, like I said, actually really excited to hear that people are listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So do share it with friends. Um, for those of you in our genius community, I really appreciate each and every one of you. And if you do like the podcast, please help me out by leaving it a five-star review. That's really going to help other people to learn about this podcast. We want people to know about energy medicine and all the concepts about quantum biofeedback. So uh, do share when you can. Really appreciate it. Okay, the, the Frequency of 528 podcast is brought to you by the Genius Biofeedback system, which is a system, not yet for this, which is a system of um, working with quantum biofeedback and working with the, this thing just went all the way to the beginning there, which is a system of working with your voice and your picture in order to find out more about you. It's a wonderful uh, technology that you can use on any phone, that you could use on any tablet. And you can download our um, you can download our trial for free and use it no obligation no credit card at geniusbiofeedback.com. We like to say it's like having a nutritionist, an acupuncturist, and a chiropractor right in the palm of your hand. You can learn so much about yourself and the world around you. <laughs> it keeps going backwards. All right. So quantum biofeedback uses an amazing. Uh, evaluative tool, which is the voice formats of your own voice. So something called the formats, F-O-R-M-A-N-T-S, is an, in, the most unique aspects of your voice. And so we pick up and we analyze the voice formats in order to interpret your voice and learn more about you. Again, to learn more, you can go to geniusbiofeedback.com to learn more. Now today, I would like to ask the question, where in the body is consciousness? For those of you joining us on the live, thank you so much for being here, hanging out with us. When you think about it, where in the body is consciousness? Is it in your little toe? Your spirit, your consciousness, your awareness, your awareness that you're here, that you're present, that you can see the world around you and perceive it. That's consciousness. Where is it located? Is it in your brain? Is it in other parts of your body? Where does it reside specifically in the biology of the body? Is it kind of floating around? Can't really locate it, kind of moves from place to place. So where in the body is consciousness? Now, 
It's really important when we think about the different models of medicine in strict allopathic medicine, we only talk about the mechanistic qualities of the body, how the heart works. And because we only talk about the, the mechanism of how the heart works, how the kidney works, how the, the bones work, we still in this allopathic model consider them all to be completely separate. It's not that they interact with each other and much less that they interact with a vital force, uh, a vital force that sort of is the, they, it's been called the web that has no weaver, okay? It's the, it's our vital force. It's our essence. It's our energy field that actually um, has a great influence on our health and who we are. But when we're in allopathic medicine, we're only looking at working on the machine and we're gonna use different chemicals and medicines in order to change how high the blood pressure is. We're going to biochemically change high, how, how, how high the cholesterol is. We're going to give a medicine for the kidneys to make them process uh, proteins better, whatever it might be. But when we don't see the interactive and invisible nature of the vital force or the energy field, we really miss the interconnected nature of the body. So when we look at the model of energy medicine and things like quantum biofeedback, we inherently have to bring in this other electrical energy, who we are as an energy field. And we're not just also, we're not just electricity, we're so much more. We're a very sophisticated consciousness that has the ability to learn, remember, um, figure things out, reason love, want to discover new things. So this is a very sophisticated level of consciousness that couldn't possibly be limited to a mechanistic model. So we're so much more than just our parts, right? We're an energy field that is interconnecting all those parts and things like Chinese medicine and the meridians, the chakras, the nadi system, um, from India tells us that yes, we are an energetic being deeply interconnected and touch one part of that being and affect it and every other part is affected. That is why with our genius practice that when we put one thing into the tray and work on one aspect, we're affecting the entire body. We're deeply interconnected and we're held together by this spirit by this chi, by this vital force. And it's really important for all energy practitioners and those interested in learning about the true nature of who we are to understand that. But I wanted to talk today related to that about a theory of consciousness and more sort of of the sophistication of our energy field how does the energy field work? How does information get transferred throughout the energy field? What is the What are the mechanisms of communication? And are some of them biological? Are there biological ways that messages or consciousness is communicated throughout the body? And then could that communication being energetic or electrical, could it be influenced by other energy through different therapeutic devices? Well, turns out the answer is yes. So what I wanted to talk to you today 
a great question, one that's being asked in the realm of uh, quantum physics is, are the microtubules the place that consciousness resides? So the microtubules are very important structures that make up the cell. And in fact, they have a huge neurological implication in the body. So the microtubules from biology are structure present in numbers in the cytoplasm of the cells, sometimes aggregating to form more complex structures. Within the nervous system, they're massive communicators of information, sending messages throughout the different neuronal cells, which we're gonna see in just a moment. So they're tubular cells inside eukaryotic cells, part of the cytoskeleton that play a role in determining the cell's shape as well as its movements, which includes cell division and so forth. But if you look at those little tubules, little tubes running there, there's a lot of messaging and communication that runs through the microtubules. And we do think that's also related to memory and cognitive function. In neurons, microtubules help to control the strength of synaptic connections. So a synapse is the place where the electrical flow, the energy flow is actually transmitted. And their tube-like shape might protect them from the surrounding noise of a larger neuron. The microtubule uh, symmetry and lattice structure are part of a particular are part of, are of particular interest. So we think consciousness of a person may resolve in these microtubules. And now I'm going to be going to an article and reading, reading from the article directly and then giving my commentary, an article that was recently published in the Science Direct publication about the scientific study of the microtubules as consciousness. And before, before I get to that, they've actually said that microtubules play a significant role in Alzheimer's. So changes in the structure of microtubules may be related to the development of the loss of memory and cognitive awareness that comes with the development of Alzheimer's. So abnormal changes cause the Tau part of this whole structure of the neuron to detach from microtubules. They call these the neurofibrillary tangles. If you're familiar with the pathological changes that happen in Alzheimer's. Um, in Alzheimer's, um, they talk about uh, different changes that happen that they can tell that lead to Alzheimer's. And uh, one of them is called um, neurofibrillary tangles that happen. So these form threads that eventually join to form tangles inside the neurons. These tangles block the neurons transport system, which harms the synaptic communication between the neurons. Um, that's kind of amazing because that is literally the pathophysiology of Alzheimer's. These tangles block the neuron's transport system, which harms the synaptic communication. So there's no electrical flow in the neurons. And so if there's no electrical flow, then it can't commit, uh, can't transmit things about, you know, going from long-term memory, reaching back into long-term memory or thinking clearly or you know, sort of making decisions, all of the things that are necessary for good cognitive wellness, it is um, impingent upon this good synaptic flow. And so this is impaired. And so 
the microtubules play a major role in transmitting these messages and sort of hooking up the electrical system of good cognitive function. So it's the, um, the neurofibrillary tangles that are the pathological development of Alzheimer's. And we could go into a lot of things about Alzheimer's, about the different causes. We just wanna to stick to this concept of what the microtubules are, what might happen if the microtubules don't work correctly and what we can do about it. I was searching in my mind for the other pathological, uh, in medicine, they call something that is specific to that pathology. They call it a pathognomonic change. And pathognomonic to Alzheimer's are the neurofibrillary tangles and the beta amyloid plaques. So we're not talking about the beta amyloid plaques, which is sort of like a real oxidative damage, almost like a toxic process in the brain, which we think may come from uh, high circulating blood sugar or maybe mercury, heavy metals, some type of toxin. Uh, but here we're talking specifically about the neurofibrillary tangles, which specifically are affecting the microtubules. Now, this is the information from Science Direct. So I'm going to re just read it verbatim and I'm going to comment on it. So this theory, they have this theory that maybe consciousness, who we are as beings, right? Um, our awareness, our um, ability to express and learn, be individual, et cetera. Um, it's not just biochemical function. It's so much more. We're, you know, the most sophisticated uh, computer in the world. And where does that all reside? It doesn't all reside in the brain per se. So that the microtubules are all throughout the body, that they carry consciousness. This theory was called the orchestrated objective reduction or ORC-R was first put forward in the mid 1990s by eminent mathematical physicist, Sir Roger Penrose from the Mathematical Institute um, and Wadham College. So, and also Hameroff, this anesthesi anesthesiologist and works at the Center for Consciousness Studies at the University of Arizona in Tucson. Okay. They suggested that quantum bi vibrational computations in microtubules were orchestrated by synaptic inputs and memory, memory stored in the microtubules and terminated by Penrose objective reduction and hence ORC-R. Microtubules are the major components of cell structural skeleton. So they had this theory that this consciousness is in the microtubules and they were trying to prove it in different mathematical models. So ORCR was harshly criticized from its inception as the brain was considered too warm, wet, and noisy for seemingly delicate quantum processes. Uh, however, evidence was now, sh now shown that warm quantum coherence is in plant photosynthesis, bird brain navigation, our sense of smell, and in brain microtubules. <clears throat> the recent discovery that warm temperature quantum vibrations in microtubules inside brain neurons by the research group read, led by Anirban Bandapadhai at the National Institute of Material Sciences in Japan corroborates the pairs, that's Penrose and Hamrose, um, the pairs theory and suggests that EEG rhythms also derive from deeper level microtubule vibrations. So it's really interesting that these EEG rhythms come 
from the microtubule vibrations. So it means that some functionality of brainwave is connected to the function of the microtubules. In addition, work from the laboratory of Roderick Eckenhoff at the University of Pennsylvania suggests that anesthesia, which selectively erases consciousness while sparing non-conscious brain activities, acts via the microtubules in brain neurons. So the anesthesia itself, you lose consciousness, right? That's how you have your surgery and so forth. You're put under, and it's that the anesthesia itself is acting at the level of the microtubules, giving us sort of this inference that consciousness may uh, emanate from the function of the microtubules, which are little sort of passageways where information is being transferred all the time. Now, um, Hameroff and Penrose say about consciousness, the origin of our consciousness reflects our place in the universe, the nature of our existence, did consciousness evolve from complex computations among brain neurons, as most scientists assert? Or has consciousness, in some sense, been here all along as spiritual approaches maintain? This opens a potential Pandora's box, but our theory accommodates both of these views, suggesting that, that consciousness derives from quantum vibrations in microtubules. So these little, tiny, teeny, coherent, you know, which is of nature vibrations, these um, sort of, you could think about them as frequencies in the microtubules, protein polymers inside brain neurons, which govern both neuronal and synaptic function and connect brain processes to self-organizing processes in fine scale, proto-consciousness, quantum structure of reality. So we may be finding the mechanical origin of who we are as conscious beings within the microtubules. And it lets us know how significant it is if the microtubules should misfire in the neurons. In the, the case of Alzheimer's, that's if that's where the consciousness resides, you can understand why it takes such a toll on that person. And maybe if these are self-organizing processes, perhaps it, um, in, so perhaps giving frequency therapeutics would be the thing to make the difference. That could be the restoration of consciousness and also makes you think, you know, self-organizing processes that would affect the brain EEG, that would be something like meditation saying a mantra, getting into a state of heart coherence. So maybe that is when we get into that state of heart coherence and um, a relaxation, it allows the microtubules perhaps to be restored to their normal vibration. So these are things that it makes me think about. And it's just absolutely fascinating. And just more to understand ourselves as quantum beings, as electrical beings, as energy um, emanating from within us. So this opens a potential Pandora's box, but our theory accommodates both of these views. So both of the views say that consciousness is from a complex computation in the brain and that it's also spiritual. And it, you know, it's also vital force, but it's also chemical. It's, it's also, um, complex computations, which, which suggest 
um, energy or electrical flow, right? Consciousness derives from quantum vibrations in microtubules. So a frequency in the microtubule is what is significant for proper microtubule function, which means we're having healthy consciousness, healthy cognition. We are awake. We are aware. Protein polymers inside brain neurons, which govern both neuronal and synaptic function and connect brain processes to self-organizing processes in the fine scale, proto-consciousness, quantum structure of reality. So we are sort of supercomputer and something beyond which they have not quite quantified. After 20 years of skeptical criticism, the evidence now clearly supports Hameroff and Penrose's idea that we are quantum vibration, that we are, our consciousness does reside in these microtubules. Clarifies that orc are quantum bits or qubits as helical pathways in microtubule lattices, rebuts critics and reviews 20 testable predictions, so on and so forth. Um, they say that orc R or is one of the most rigorous, comprehensive, and successfully tested theory of consciousness ever put forth. So they are agreeing that our consciousness is resting within this microtubule system, which is all over the body, but a significant portion of, of it is uh, very significant to cognition and awareness is in the brain. From a practical standpoint, treating a brain uh, treating a brain micro treating brain microtubule vibrations could benefit a host of mental, neurological, and cognitive conditions. From a practical standpoint, treating brain microtubule vibrations could benefit a host of mental, neurological, and cognitive conditions. So, if we have an energy and frequency medicine or therapeutic that we can then prove would have a positive impact. Hmm, what kinds of things could be positive frequencies that we could run and influence and change the microtubules? If we could correct problems in the microtubules, maybe we could change the, maybe we could change depression. Maybe we could change Alzheimer's. Maybe we could change de dementia. Maybe we could revitalize the brain in some significant way by affecting these vibrations in the microtubules, which are connected to consciousness. So I think the fact that the microtubules are the place where consciousness rests in the body is a fascinating, a really amazing piece of information. Again, we're not just the sum of our parts. We're not just the heart. We're not just the, um, we're not just the kidneys. We're not just the liver. We're not just, you know, the organs of the body. We are an energy field. We're probably way more energy field than we are solid matter. And interesting that some of this energy field that we are is within these microtubules. So it's not just chemical processes that are going on. There are a lot of mysterious, energetic, quantum vibrational processes that are happening. Okay, an important new facet of the theory has been introduced. Microtubule quantum vibrations in megahertz appear to interfere and produce much slower EEG beat frequencies. Despite a century of clinical use, the underlying origins of EEG rhythms have remained a mystery. What are your EEG rhythms? 
Um, those are, that's the electrical measurement of brain activity. And so we have different EEG waves. We have beta wave, we have alpha wave, we have gamma wave, we have theta wave, right? Delta wave is deep, deep sleep that can be measured. EEG delta waves are what you are emanating, producing when you're in deep sleep. Um, alpha is what you're doing when you're um, usually alpha waves become bigger from meditating. Beta waves are for sort of this kind of focus that we're having right now. So despite a century of clinical use, the underlying origins of EEG rhythms have remained a mystery. Clinical trials of brief stimulation aimed at microtubule resonances with megahertz mechanical vibrations using transcranial ultrasound have reported improvements in mood and may prove useful against Alzheimer's disease and brain injury in the future. So these microtubule resonances, they have a vibration, a particular vibration. And by affecting the vibration in some positive way, it seems to have Im to improve heal brain injury, help with Alzheimer's. So again, we're thinking about genius frequencies, quantum biofeedback frequencies, coherent frequencies, something that could be utilized to change the microtubules, which are all about our consciousness, our ability to remember, our ability to learn and experience the world around us in a, in a, very, in a very present way. Okay. So we already saw, saw this. Okay. We don't want to go, go there just yet. So um, again, the microtubules are the place where consciousness is residing. And there's so much still to be learned about the microtubules and consciousness. And so it really makes us really compelled to use, you know, quantum biofeedback, maybe pulsed electrical, electromagnetic frequencies. Um, I think that, you know, transcranial, I think they mentioned the um, transcranial ultrasound, but there's also different transcranial um, electrical frequencies that are being used now. So it's really, we're just at the inception point with really understanding all how the body really works. And we're just at the inception point of understanding how the body works with regard to quantum physics that we are so much more energetic and electrical than we are physical, right? We're more wave than we are particle. So what are the different ways that we're going to influence and correct and help to heal through the process of electrical flow, through the process of energy, through the process of frequencies? Um, Everything that we utilize affects the body through a process called entrainment. So as you play the frequencies around the microtubule, it begins to become aligned with whatever frequencies are being played. So knowing that the process of entrainment, what frequencies would we like to entrain to the microtubules in order to heal from a brain injury, like a traumatic brain injury, or in order to solve the you know epidemic issue of alzheimer's perhaps it's just bringing those microtubules into resonance right into tune again through the right frequency so 
This is stunning information really about the microtubules and connecting that to all of our uh, frequency mechanisms that we have in order to correct it. So it's just continuing to learn about the frequency therapeutics that we have, whether it be PEMF or maybe it's red light or the genius frequencies or rife frequencies or scalar broadcasting. And so when the microtubules are exposed to some of those therapeutic uh, frequencies, it will become aligned. It will become one. It will listen and move into that electrical energy of whatever therapeutic is being used. And then hopefully restore this wonderful cognitive neurological function. So that's about all I have for you today. I just really wanted to bring forth the information about microtubules and some of the studies that are being done in order to reveal more of the quantum world to us. Remember, when people ask about different quantum biofeedback technologies like the genius, they often do not really understand the real true existence of what the world is because we're still in that, I'll call it the rediscovery process. And it's an exciting one. Thank you so much for being part of our frequency of 528 podcast. We'll be back next time at the same time, everyone. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye for now.